RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top stories. An expert warns that around 700 silent carriers who recently returned to Hong Kong could be spreading the coronavirus in the community. Edward Yao defends a 14-day shutdown for entertainment venues, saying they could actually save money with a break, and a pedestrian is killed in a collision between a light rail train and a car in Tunmun. An expert who advises the government on COVID-19 is warning that hundreds of silent carriers may be spreading coronavirus in the community amid a sharp spike in cases in the territory. Professor Davis, David He, a respiratory disease expert from the Chinese University, said anal- analysis of saliva samples from people who recently returned to Hong Kong show around 1% have the virus despite showing no symptoms. He's concerned because a large number of people had flooded back to Hong Kong before the imposition of a mandatory 14-day quarantines on almost all incoming travelers earlier this month. From the recent results, looking at the deep throat saliva on travelers who return to Hong Kong, 1% actually is positive, and yet they have no symptoms. So if you look at the uh, number of people who returned to Hong Kong before the 19th of March, there were about 70,000. So if you base on this 1% positive result, there would be around 700 people moving around in the community. So potentially, some of them may still carry the virus and can introduce the virus into the community. Professor Hui urged the government to consider using another public housing block as a quarantine centre to house people under home quarantine who live in small flats together with other people. A record 65 new coronavirus cases were reported in Hong Kong yesterday, bringing the total tally to 518. Commerce and Economic Development Secretary Edward Yao has defended the government's order to shut down entertainment venues like cinemas and gyms for a fortnight. Excuse me, calling the move a lesser evil aimed at preventing greater economic losses while controlling the spread of coronavirus. Speaking on an RTHK program, Mr. Yao said a temporary shutdown starting at 6 o'clock this evening could actually help affected companies save costs and more businesses may go bust or lay off staff if nothing is done. Cinemas have in fact taken some of the very positive steps to increase the social distancing within the cinemas and has taken also some precaution. But on balance, I think, well, if people going to the cinema has dropped to such a low rate, taking a pause and sort of closing down the cinema for two weeks might help to send a very clear signal to the community that, well, the best way to handle the situation is to stay home, to avoid unnecessary social contacts. Mr. Yao added that the government is looking into how to help affected businesses and workers, but he said any subsidies could be handed out in batches so the government can reward businesses that lay off staff and reward those that don't. Catering sector lawmaker Tommy Cheung is urging the government to give restaurants a lifeline by paying for their rent and staff salaries for the next two weeks as new government-imposed restrictions are put in place. Starting at 6 o'clock this evening, restaurants can only fill to half capacity, with at least one and a half metres between tables. Mr Zhang, also an ex-co member, said the measures will deal another heavy blow to the industry and some eateries would rather close down during the period because it would be so difficult to comply with the new restrictions. In other news, a pedestrian has died after being caught up in a collision between a car and a light rail train near the Taihing South Station in Tunmun this morning. He was pronounced dead after being rushed to Tunmun Hospital. The driver of the vehicle was also hurt. China's confirmed 54 new COVID-19 cases over the past day, with 17 in Shanghai and 11 in Guangdong. All are considered to be imported cases, with none thought to have been transmitted within the country. 
Italy has recorded more than 900 coronavirus deaths in a single day, pushing the country's fatalities to more than 9,000. But the daily rise in the total number of cases is the smallest since the start of the pandemic last month, with transmission slowest in the northern regions where the lockdown was first implemented. The authorities warned that the peak was yet to come. The BBC's Mark Lowen reports from Rome. Now, the lockdown has been in place for more than two weeks here and the infection rate is beginning to fall here. But it is slow, it is uneven progress and just awful news keeps coming out every day. 46 doctors have now died here since the outbreak began. The National Health Institute says that Italy is yet to reach the peak of this outbreak and that the nationwide restrictions may now have to be extended for several months. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. President Trump has signed into law a two trillion U.S. dollar emergency spending package to relieve the impact of the coronavirus on the U.S. economy. It's the largest such program in modern U.S. history. The BBC's Barbara Plett Usher has the details. It's half the size of the entire four trillion dollar budget of the government. And a lot of people will get the money. So there'll be direct cash payments to millions of Americans of twelve hundred dollars. It will offer tens of billion dollars to bolster the health care system, to bolster states and local governments, and hundreds of billions for companies that are hard hit. Now, that's big and small, but there will also be, in particular, a program with guaranteed subsidized loans worth about half a trillion dollars to go to larger industries and corporations. And it will substantially extend unemployment insurance. President Trump also used wartime legislation to order the carmaker General Motors to shift to the production of much-needed ventilators to treat patients infected with COVID-19. Democrats had been calling on the president to invoke the act. The Defense Act Policy Coordinator, Peter Navarro, said they had no time to lose. On the one hand, we had Ford and GE moving forward on a similar kind of project, patriotically moving as fast as possible, over the last several days, we ran into roadblocks with GM. We cannot afford to lose a single day, particularly over the next 30 to 60 days. Ireland has gone into lockdown to fight the spread of coronavirus. People will have to stay at home with limited exceptions for the next two weeks. There have been a little over 2,000 confirmed cases in Ireland with 22 deaths. The Prime Minister, Leo Varadkar, recently warned that intensive care units would be at full capacity in a matter of days. Mr. Varadkar said it jarred with him to limit individual liberties, but it was necessary. These are radical actions aimed at saving as many people's lives as possible in the days and weeks ahead. We're not prisoners of fate. We can't influence what's going to happen to us next. There is no fate but what we make for ourselves. The Brazilian government has banned foreign visitors from arriving by plane for 30 days because of the coronavirus crisis. The measure goes into effect on Monday and excludes diplomats and foreign residents. There are now more than 3,000 confirmed cases and 92 people have died in the country. From Sao Paulo, the BBC's Katie Watson reports. This new ban brings Brazil into line with many of its neighbours. Leaders in this region were quick to bar the entry of foreigners in an effort to curb the spread of coronavirus. Last week, Brazil introduced a partial ban for several parts of the world, including citizens from the EU, China and South Korea. The US wasn't included in the list. But in a statement, Brazil's justice minister said that after a widespread transmission of coronavirus in several countries, they thought it best to introduce this measure. It doesn't apply to residents, nor will cargo be affected. The International Monetary Fund says it's clear that the global economy has entered a recession that will be at least as bad as the downturn sparked by the financial crisis more than a decade ago. 
The IMS Managing Director, Kristalina Georgieva, says more than 80 countries had made requests for emergency funding as a result of the pandemic. It is now clear that we have entered a recession as bad or worse than in 2009. We do project recovery in 2021. In fact, there may be a sizable rebound, but only if we succeed with containing the virus everywhere and prevent liquidity problems from becoming a solvency issue. The credit ratings firm Moody's has downgraded South Africa's sovereign credit rating to junk status in part because of the coronavirus. Another ratings firm, Fitch, downgraded Britain's sovereign ratings from AA to AA-. Bob Dylan has released his first original song in eight years. It's a track called Murder Most Foul. More from the BBC's Alatam Nispith. The surprise release was rolled out simultaneously on various streaming services. A 17-minute epic about the assassination of American President John F. Kennedy. It was a dark day in Dallas, November 63. The track is a haunting elegy on the death of the American dream, with the Beatles, Woodstock and Charlie Parker all getting mentions. A statement from Bob Dylan accompanying the track says it was recorded a while back, but listeners might find it interesting. And there's perhaps a subtle reference to the coronavirus. As the Nobel Prize winner thanks his fans for their support and loyalty, he also urges them to stay safe. To end the news, our top stories once again. An expert warns 700 silent carriers who recently returned to Hong Kong could be spreading the coronavirus in the community. Edward Yao defends a 14-day shutdown for entertainment venues, saying they could actually save money with a break. And a pedestrian is killed in a collision between a light rail train and a car in Tunmun. That ends the news from RTHK. RTHK And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3 p.m. This week we have two musical themes on offer. First, our featured album from transatlantic duo Cadavre Ski, or Exquisite Corpse. Soundtrack music to a movie where they also act on screen. And hot new hits from a lot of places on the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian. We're still the belly button of the world. And we start off with hot hits from a lot of places on the planet with a first track from Pamela Bajogo. We've played her before. She's quite a big name. She's from Gabon in the western part of Central Africa. And uh, she's got a bit of a story. She started off as a backing singer for a lot of people, made her name as a chorus singer for Afro Jazz, came out with her first album, Mes Couleurs, in 2015, and she's just come out with her second album, which she was able to finance by crowdfunding. She put on her website, Kiss Kiss Bank Bank, <laughs> uh, the rundown of uh, the euros she needed to do everything, from the mastering to the press relations uh, to everything, and the commission to the website. All that included, she came out with the money and has released her album at the beginning of this year. And the first track on the charts from that album is called Ngoka. It's all about African women in Africa. 
She's been quite busy on that score as she has been singing in Bakaningi, her native tongue, Bambara. She grew up in Bamako in Mali, English and French. She's based in Lyon in the middle of France uh, and has done quite a lot for uh, women's rights in Africa. In 2017, she directed the program Musoya Ye Koba Ye. It's an excellent thing to be a woman. And she was with uh, rappers Amy Yerewolo, Dusu Bagayoko and others in support of the status of women. And she's going on strong with this new hit on the charts off her second and latest album, Ngoka. Here's Pamela Bajogo. Ma 